0: two one ghost hey Natalie how are you
1: hi Kyle so good how are you
0: I'm doing okay hey audience welcome to three two one ghost I'm your host with a silent G Kyle as I've already indicated sitting virtually across from me my best pal Natalie things going well
1: Hello, everyone oh it's going so good I've been waiting for this for a while
0: I know right into way into episode two three <laughs> i'm very yeah. excited for this movie too so when we started doing this um we shot each other a list a 10 a top 10 list of what episodes we mm-hmm. wanted to do i not i don't remember off the top of my head which ones i think we both picked final destination which makes sense
1: Obviously. and then
0: on Your list included the movie that we're going to be talking about, and I think was the only movie on your list that I had never seen before, and it is 1992's Robert Zemeckis film, Death Becomes Her, starring Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis. Tell me a little bit about your history with this movie and why you chose this movie.
1: Well, when I chose this movie, I assumed that you had seen it since we were born in the same year. I, I just literally assumed that anyone in our age group um, and for anyone listening, we're old millennials. Um, so I assumed everyone had seen this movie because I have seen it. I, when I say I've seen it 100 times, that might be not so generous. Um, I watched this movie as a kid. So it came out in 1992 but i didn't see it in the theater i saw it at home on tv because it was on tv all the time which once again i have no idea how you never saw it what it was channel PG-13. was it on like i felt like it was on everything because it was one of those movies where it had this really big cast but it was not like critically acclaimed so i feel like every network probably got it for cheap and just kept rolling it over and over again, because what's going to make you stop channel flipping other than like Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis and Goldie Hawn, like, come on. So my cousin Vinny and I, who I feel like is going to come up a lot on this podcast. So we'll just introduce him. He's a real person. He is my cousin Vinny. He is from New Jersey. (laughs) So we'll just get that out of the way. But um, not surprisingly, this this movie is a cult classic, but it's also a gay cult classic. Like, it is very precious and much loved by the LGBTQA plus community. Like, it is, um, yeah, it's, it's a big one.
0: That's what... And I, I just
1: think it's the definition of camp.
0: You know, gosh, man, if you would have told me as a five-year-old, as a six-year-old, that, hey, there's this horror comedy... Starring the dude from Die Hard, directed by the dude that did Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Back to the Future, I would have been like, Holy shit, this sounds like the greatest thing in my entire life. So I have no idea how I missed this, especially because, like, I feel like there's so many. It's like watching this movie now, I feel like I should have seen the like TV edited version of this like 30 times already. I feel like this is something this would be on USA during the summers, you know, after Child's Play 3, maybe before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, all the when they were just where you play in the hits on USA Network over the summers of like 1993 to 1996, you know, but uh, gosh, yeah, I completely miss this. And also another, uh, I'll frankly say, uh, embarrassing thing that I'll admit, you know, here on this podcast is this is the first Meryl Streep movie I've ever seen
1: which is also wild I'm not saying that I'm like the world's biggest Meryl Streep fan but the only reason why I ever even think about watching movies with her in it is because of this movie
0: my uh my wife was was shook when I was like this is the only one I've ever seen and it was shook and then also like was rolled her eyes and said oh of course you haven't and and said you absolutely
1: you've never seen first no she's not in that shit I almost said first wives club. That's Goldie Hawn.
0: I thought you were gonna say first night. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I don't remember I don't remember her in the, it's a great movie. <laughs> I just I don't remember her in that. But no, but she was like, You've never seen Devil Wars Prada. And I was like, I think I've seen seen out that movie, I feel like I've seen clips on TV of that movie, maybe at some point. And I feel like the characters aren't super dissimilar, are they? Um the haircut seems
1: similar. Well- Full disclosure, I have also never seen Devil Wears Prada, which seems like that seems like it's right up my alley and I know I would love it, but I've actually never taken the time to watch it because I feel like I know what it is just from so much exposure on the internet, but Meryl Streep plays a bitch so well, like this was the beginning of like that character of well it's she's based off of a real person in Devil War, Devil Wars Prada but um that she's just such a perfect like mean woman in this movie and in that movie too which she's supposed to be a very nice person in in real life so I think those are the best the best mean mean girls
0: I was doing a, a some light digging on the internet and a little bit of little bit of tea about this movie is that Meryl Streep at least for for at least in one interview I read did not particularly take fondness to this movie in the making of it um saying in particular
1: same one (laughs)
0: So Robert Zemeckis is very well known for making movies that, you know, are really kind of cutting edge and pushing the envelope in terms of visual effects, mm-hmm. you know, like Roger Rabbit was like, it still looks really, really good, you know, so and great. even the like the aging and de-aging effects in Back to the Future or, you know, being able to um, second episode in a row, I'm going to mention Forrest Gump is, you know, all of the, you know, putting Forrest Gump in these like, you know, putting yeah. him on a couch next to John Lennon and this and this and that and even all the way towards like the those like creepy um polar express movies or like there was like a beowulf movie where everyone had like dead beady eyes and it was real creepy and so it's not saying that he has like a great perfect track record but you know but it's like it's it's known for this but uh yeah that quote with Meryl Streep you know kind of speaking specifically towards like I'm never gonna do this sort of work ever again because it was more like acting yeah. to a a volleyball on a stick kind of situation.
1: This might be me being presumptuous about Meryl Streep, but sure. she seems like the type that's like she's in it for like the acting, like face to face and working off of another person. Like she feels like she's real deep, like one of those theater kids, like that. Like this is this was her whole life. Obviously, it is. She's been doing. She's been acting her entire life. She never stopped like Goldie Hawn, like low-key retired and just kind of pops up every now and then. But um, yeah, she said that she didn't like doing like the visual effects. And I, I can imagine that it's probably exhausting, but she she did say she liked the way the movie turned out. And I'm actually really surprised that she gave that negative feedback because I think her acting in this movie is perfection. Like, she's they're working with the craziest scenarios and like they all just i just i think it's perfect like no one should take it down a notch
0: yeah i was um yeah i was like, like even with how i'm sure like rudimentary it was like the way they were making these effects and everything i was just really impressed with you know when she wakes up off the foot of the stairs starts walking over sits at the piano you know it's like I don't know she's selling that shit super well you know especially when yeah. she's like or like later on when she's like looking through like Goldie Hawn's you know empty stomach you know, <laughs> like yeah she is uh she's pretty fun and yeah you know, she's super mean and she really uh she really knows where to where to hurt
1: I think for the, okay so let me let me start let me start by asking this
0: sure and
1: I'm assuming you you expected this movie to be very silly and very campy and very 90s. Pretty is that silly, yeah. That's the expectation. Okay. Because if you like just the opening scene and the way that like it comes down like into Hollywood like the backdrop looks so fake. Like I feel like they really set you up for like this is like a fantastical situation that you're about to enter. That, that opening scene, that song, like that Broadway play, like it's the worst, best song.
0: <laughs> Worse or better than, it just reminds me of that opening that Kate Capshaw did at the beginning of Temple of Doom. Do you remember that? The Anything Goes song? I've seen
1: the, the Indiana Jones movies once each, and one of them was just like three days ago.
0: Oh, well there you go. Was it that one? It wasn't Temple of Boom. Bo- <laughs> Temple, <laughs> Temple of Boom. Temple of Boom. <laughs> um <laughs> I um yeah, you know, it was so I mean it starts in well it starts in Broadway. They're in New York City. And it yeah, in you're right. 70s. Like it it almost starts, yeah, it's like Broadway 1978 and you're right it is like really kind of like painted backdrops you know mm-hmm. and i was wondering i don't know if you know songbird is that is that a real broadway show
1: i don't think so i think it it is made, it's made up, up for for this specifically and um i i just love that like it's supposed to be really bad and like it comes across as really bad like when the disco break like happens and everything <laughs>
0: It's pretty fun. Like, and
1: people are literally leaving the audience, like as they're like pulling like the camera back, and Bruce Willis or Ernest, he looks just mesmerized, like this is the best thing he's ever seen. um
0: That was the confusing I, part. I wrote that down, where like how, because it starts with you know coming down, it's like Songbird, starring you know Madeline Ashton and blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah, and you have people walking out, and they're just like, ah, what a what a old fucking hag what a just what a mess why are we even doing this what an embarrassment putting somebody who's 40 or whatever out there and and I'm like I don't know did y'all know like she was starring in this before you like bought tickets and went like why are you upset now and why are you leaving you know what this is I mean I would think you maybe know a little bit about what this show's about
1: that's okay there's There's two really interesting things about this movie, like having seen it so many times that like I've done the mental gymnastics of it. So the first thing is at most points of this movie, with the exception of Helen's book party, you don't know anyone's actual age. You only know what point of time you're in. So at the book party, she says that Helen is 50, which Goldie Hawn was actually... For, I think I did the math on that too. She was like 46 if I did the math right at the time. But you, they never really say how old they are. They don't say how old Madeline Ashton is. And so that confuses me. But then the other thing that's a mystery about this movie is how the hell did they even become frenemies? Like how did they, they don't ever say their history or how they know each other. Like they just, they knew each other as kids. Yeah,
0: like they that's knew each really other. Know. When they were kids, and they, uh, and again, so so I'll back up real quick. Where it, you know, you you open on this show, you see like the song number going, and then you you're, and then people are getting upset and leaving and walking out, saying, "Ah, oh, she's too old. What she's doing? This she's embarrassing herself." And then I'm like, "Okay, you know, I get it. You have this, you know, message of like we don't, you know, allow." women you know to be as easily accepted into like the public sphere or whatever um past a certain age right Mm -hmm. or they when you have like old dudes playing young dudes you know pretty consistently in movies and like even now pairing like 50 year old dudes with like 20 year old you know female Mm co-leads or whatever and you're like okay that's that it's this that, that it's this uh You know, that's the kind of send up that they're doing. That's the kind of thing that they're kind of roasting, you know, Hollywood and Broadway or whatever on. And, you know, but then you have like Bruce Willis, who is like just completely fucking mesmerized by this woman. And the idea is that she is able to and has demonstrated multiple times before that she has just, you know, just the beauty and the ability to woo any man especially, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, whatever. So I'm just like, which one is it? Is it that she's because, because she still seems to have like the, uh, the upper edge, right? At least over golden okay. on.
1: So what, what I think is for, for that specific thing, she goes into that conversation. So that conversation that they have in the dressing room, like where she meets Ernest and like, you know, they, they do their fake hellos and everything, you know, just like, like acting surprised and all of that. I I love it. And she's so shitty to her assistant. Um, it seems very clear, like she's starting to feel her age. She's starting to show her age. They do a really good job of like zooming in on like her, the wrinkles around her eyes and things like that. And, you know, she's, you know, it says that line of like, tell me, doctor, do you think I'm starting to need you? Mm -hmm. Um, which I love she's like, okay, this is a win-win. Like, This is not only Helen's fiance that I can steal, but he's also a plastic surgeon, like a world-renowned plastic surgeon. So she then can recapture her youth again and again through that. I think that him already having, like being a big fan of her, she knew it would be like an easy grab. So I think that that works. And also, Ernest is the exception. To all the other shitty people, for the most part.
0: There's Dakota. There's yeah, there's yeah. kind of a little bit. I was looking up.
1: Things.
0: I was looking up, seeing. Um, I was just surprised that plastic surgery. I always think of that as like an 80s, 90s like thing. Oh no, but and we're
1: doing breast implants in the 50s.
0: I was looking at the I just googled when was plastic surgery invented and the profession dates back to approximately 800 BC. So there you go. Jokes on me.
1: No thank you to those surgeries.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Um so but that's the thing so it's like and and I guess something I like about this movie is that it introduces you to the idea that, you know, Madeline is straight up ruthless and awful, but you kind of empathize with her a little bit, you know, it's like, you see where she's struggling. She's Can losing you
1: empathize with Madeline.
0: I think you're supposed to at least a little bit, like, you know, she's losing the one thing that has kept her, you know, in her own, her own idea, she r- relevant or vibrant valued. You know, she mm-hmm. even later on when she's talking with um Helen about, you know, you had all this privilege and I was trash, which is something that like, really, I don't mm-hmm. remember if that was ever brought up to begin with, but like gets brought up later. So whatever. But so I i i feel like you're allowed to feel bad for her. And I feel like, and the same thing with Helen too. It's like, I think you, and what I like about this movie is that it's fun enough where you can root against everybody, right? You can root for everybody to lose. Or mm-hmm. my my theory is you can root for everyone to win except for Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis can't garners no empathy in this movie. <laughs>
1: That's okay. So here's, this might be, this might be a hot take. So what makes these two women so compelling is that they're like this perfect product of like what society like wants women to to be, or like what they've they've taken value off of what society has told them gives them value. Like even the um Liesl when she gives Madeline the potion, she says yours is one of the most beautiful faces to ever grace the silver screen. She doesn't say that she's talented, she just says that she's beautiful. And Helen doesn't get success with writing until she's thin and young and vibrant and beautiful. So like they've, they've taken all these things that they've learned and they've just become terrible people. So like, even though you're like, oh, like now I feel bad for Madeline because, you know, Helen was treating her like she was trash or that she was skanky and all of that. But then Madeline took that and decided to be a bad friend and stole all of her boyfriends over the years and became an even worse person and then helen bounces back and volleys off of her and then tries to murder her like they just keep getting like worse and worse and worse they're like the worst frenemies ever Sick,
0: cyclical skankiness
1: just yeah, like never ending bruce Willis. i don't like
0: that word i'm sorry
1: <laughs> what skankiness yeah <laughs> i i use it in, in that like i'll, like, I'll str- strike like that from the record i feel like that's how how helen views madeline
0: right um but
1: but bruce willis real quick because obviously the women get a lot of credit for their acting in this movie and like their characters but he's so funny and i don't think i've ever seen bruce willis play a character like this i can't think of any other movies where he's like this like big dork that just the way he reacts to things is so funny
0: um he's got like i feel like it's like I feel like Rick Moranis could have easily played this role you know what I mean or like yeah so Kevin
1: Klein was was the first choice
0: that would have been good too
1: he would have been good too I think but I what I like about Bruce Willis and what I like about his character Ernest's character is he's not a good person he's he's just drawn to like whatever's pulling him so he's like stuck between these two women he doesn't need either of them but he's just entranced by how they look and like their draw but they don't need him either they're just using him as like a trophy to like pass back and forth basically where and i'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit here where I never like thought about this till I'd seen this movie this time because everybody's just terrible and trying to kill everyone I was like oh wait like he doesn't know that she's like taking this potion and she's like yelling at him calling him flaccid and like you know just being as mean as can be I love that she's like maybe I'll go to one of your clients at least and he'll get something stiff (laughs) I know that's brutal like I, I would be upset too, but he straight up strangles her. Like yeah. we get into like domestic, like abuse. And like, I never thought about it in my, like in all my years and all my times of watching this movie, because I'm like, God, she's such a terrible person. Like I would want to strangle her too. But I'm like, he, he literally like pushes her right down the stairs. Um, So yeah, Bruce Willis, he ends up making amends in the end after with his his latter years,
0: maybe we'll get there. Uh, maybe um so. You know, I, I I did really like that. Well, first of all, I'm like Goldie. Why? Like watching it again, I was like, why would you bring him there? Why would you do that? But then you know later on, she says, "Well, I just needed you to pass the madeline Ashton test because you know she insinuates that multiple people have you know left her to go you know to go yeah. to to Mad- and um. I did like that, that quick jump cut, you know, it's like, (laughs) I am not interested in Madeline, (laughs) I have no interest in Madeline Ashton, and then like split second later, the, the wedding bells, and then why would she go to the wedding, and then also why wear a trench coat.
1: Um, for dramatic effect obviously I suppose so that sounds a very soapy thing to do like she wasn't like at the wedding she was like up in the rafters watching because she came down from like those stairs like you know how those like little
0: like in Wayne's World too chapels
1: have yeah they have like those rafters that's where she's watching from that's what how I envisioned it and she's just up there just raging um and I love what happens to Helen like again just showing how much like value they're putting on this trophy man where she gains a bunch of weight she's literally eating frosting out of a. Uh, she has a whole cabinet of that's frosting that she's eating
0: with her she hands with yeah her hands, I...
1: and then she's just re-watching that scene of madeline ashton getting strangled
0: i made the i don't i uh this might date us i made the I wrote down that, uh, she eats, uh, she eats frosting, like Ron DeSantis, just like just digging the fingers in and just eating straight out. I'm like, yeah. that's, I wonder if that's what it was like being around him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> and then just, that was, I felt like they did the most, you know, I don't know. They, they did a lot with, I know Goldie Hawn was game for a lot here. I um, I don't know about.
1: Yeah, she went the, through the most. The uh, whole, she probably went through way more makeup, prosthetics, and bullshit than Meryl Streep did. The
0: uh, the fat suit, you know, interesting choice, only because it talks back. You know, we go to, you know you know, she, I, she's not paying her rent anymore. She's gotten her last eviction notice. You have mm-hmm. the police on the door. They carry her out. Um, someone who has not been able to pay their rent in a, you know, in a house of cats seems to have really good health insurance to get into even to a facility like that, a residential well, yeah. one like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, also uh I... cameo alert. I don't know if you saw like when they were sitting there, the woman, I think to it would be to her left is the mom from that 70s show. Did you catch that? I noticed her
1: this time. And I've never noticed that that was her before. That was, this was the first watch that I ever noticed that she was there. But I, I love, I just love the, um, the interaction between her and the therapist, because like that is obviously not a healthy relationship either. Where like, she says she wants to talk about Madeline Ashton, they all freak out. And then they go in the office and she's like, damn it, Helen, like yelling at her. And I'm like, I don't think that's a healthy way to treat. Damn it, patients. Helen.
0: <laughs> damn it, Helen. Six months of therapy, and not even one pound lighter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, yeah, yeah she says that.
0: I'm but like, see, that's, okay. I think
1: that's, I think that was also part of the choice of her being heavier was so that Madeline could be even shittier because she, what does she say? Um, when she says forever young she reads the the book title and then she's eternally fat eternally fat yeah like she like because she's like oh like she's less than because she's overweight like it's it's very clear that like her her weight is like a huge part of why like helen like just thinks she's just this awful disgusting person like it the physical appearance she just can't get past like it's she's so narcissistic and so vain um yeah so I feel like they they made a a point of that also so that her transformation was so extreme but even if you look at her when she was thin like she's still she's not wearing she's wearing very little makeup her hair is like that very like like plain brown and then she like pops into to like a red head and a red dress and you know looks like a completely different person
0: now she could have just done that on her own to begin with that's why i don't but um yeah i did like the uh <laughs> just like when the therapist is like you know you need to get over her you just need to completely eliminate and she cuts her off yes she just cuts <laughs> her off eliminate <laughs> you know whatever i thought it's so um, good that was pretty good. And then, you know, and then we jump pretty quick to it's like what another seven years later after this when she decides to do two seven year jumps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty
0: fun. And then um, and then 37 at the end, I think.
1: And I think they I think they keep doing that to make you lose track. Like I think it's yeah. intentional that they want you to lose track of how old anyone would be. Like, but I think they do an amazing job with the lighting, the makeup, like. Everything I follow. Everything of when people are supposed to look older and younger, and you mm-hmm. know, it's not so. It's not so dramatic.
0: So, and and so the idea is that just because Helen is, you know, "quote beautiful" unquote, again, she immediately gets this book deal. and Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, writes this book and because it's to-
1: about how she stayed looking so young and how she stayed so fit, or like how she lost all right, that right. Hmm.
0: So, because everybody
1: wants the the answer to eternal youth. So it all like fits together. Okay. Another thing too. Yeah. Um, I love that they call each other mad and hell every yeah. time they love reunite it. and then they call Ernest Urn. I was yeah. like, these are great, these are great nicknames.
0: That just went over my head. I didn't realize the urn with the I urn. Just That's great. I didn't realize
1: that in my last watch, like as love an it. adult, because I didn't know what an urn <laughs> was as a child. <laughs> Um, the, okay. The, really back to um, Ernest when they, I might be skipping ahead, but when they reintroduce him as now he's a retired surgeon and now he's a mortician because his hands, I'm assuming that's arthritis or like, I
0: thought it was because he hates his wife, I guess. It no, no, he
1: actually put, okay, so when they reintroduce him, he does that thing where he's like trying to throw the, yeah. the surgical knives at the dartboard. He can't hit it. Like he's, his hands shake when he's like holding his drinks and stuff. You'll see him like shaking his hands. He actually has a physical ailments that makes it so that he cannot perform surgery any longer
0: oh I thought it was just because he was like an alcoholic and hated his wife and just and
1: then then when she when um Lisa, when she heals his hand when she makes his hand young again remember he throws the sword perfectly and is able to yeah so
0: Cause that's what surgeons what I, can do. They're really good. Like they can absolutely. Too. Yeah.
1: They do surgery from across the room.
0: Plastic, yeah, plastic surgery. <laughs> they just throw needles across the room like that.
1: But I, I love when they, I and I don't know if that was intentional that his career only failed because there was actually something that prevented him from doing his actual skill that he was trained to do. It had nothing to do with age or his appearance it's because he actually wasn't able to perform his job. I don't know if that means anything, but the little things that I like about this movie, and I have to give them credit for it because what really uh. pissed me off is reading like a few of the reviews were like, this movie has no substance. Like it's very shallow. It has no layers. The characters have no depth. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's satire, it's camp. Obviously, y'all are letting it go right over your heads. But just like little things. So when he's walking down the hallway and he's got his whole team of people and he's like, he died in the hot tub and they hand him like a little pair of like medical gloves and they go, he was really swollen and bloated. And he throws the medical gloves and they hand him like the elbow high, like black rubber gloves. I was like, I think that shit's so funny. Like, cause he knew it was going to get messy and he was going to have to dig deep and like are just handing him gloves. I'm like little things like that make this movie so fun to me. Yeah, I do like I I feel for Ernest.
0: I he's so like I don't know. I think yeah, he's he's very dumb.
1: He's very dumb for which,
0: a surgeon. For a which surgeon,
1: actually, you know, that can that can add up.
0: Yeah. So they let me let me back up. So where are we now? So we're at the party where you know, we find out that Helen's beautiful. You know, the mad hell. Oh, love and it's
1: it. so, but it's so good when she says, "Oh, it looks like she lost a few pounds." And then that and woman For some moves, steps aside, she's behind her. Right. Oh, it's so good. Also, like even Madeline's like body language. As soon as she sees her, like she starts grabbing her waist, like checking to see like how like how her outfit feels and how thin she looks like she immediately goes into deep insecurity like there's no happiness for Helen like she laughs at the invite she's like making fun of the title of the book she can't congratulate her for her success like it's all bitterness jealousy and just toxic toxic friendship like it it's so representative of like women bringing other women down, like the fact that she sees that she lost weight and looks beautiful and is immediately thinks less of herself. Like I, that, that moment, the way that she like changes her posture and is like, just so uncomfortable. It's amazing that someone else looking good and being comfortable in their own skin would make her feel less than, which I, I love. I think it's so it's it's perfectly encapsulating of like how women can be in friendships as well even if you are happy for them
0: and then you know and then Bruce Willis just immediately being like oh no let's go talk to her let's do it you know blah 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 did the same thing that
1: he did at at Broadway
0: that's why I'm like he
1: I know he's terrible I know he's terrible he
0: allows himself to be in the position that he's in and I feel like he gets off a little easy but the you know this of course upsets Meryl Streep she tries to go you know get some extra work done or has she seen Dakota yet because she, you do learn that she is having an extramarital affair with a yes, young so she goes young to man. Dakota
1: first she goes to Dakota first to try to like ease her sorrows by going and seeing her young boyfriend because obviously he makes her feel yeah
0: yeah
1: um And then of course he has a younger girl there, but it's like, okay, first of all, what is your moral compass here, ma'am? Because he's your fuck boy. Like, and you're married and you're upset because he has another girl over. Like he has every right. Like maybe that's just me, but I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't blame Dakota in that uh, situation. He was mean to her once, like after she got mad, but like, yeah, I think, I think he was, totally fine there like she's she's a married woman
0: i think so too i think it was just the fact that it was like ah damn it uh a young person damn it mm-hmm. you know look at and look I at that, that ass
1: she, he, he says go find someone your own age and then the rain just starts pouring
0: down immediately i know just immediately like that <laughs> so, and that's what it, so good and that's when it definitely skews into like a horror movie a little bit right because you know then yes. you got the thunder you got the rain going yes she starts going She's you know desperate. towards she uh she, she did get that business card earlier mm-hmm. from that weird dude um she ripped in um, half Liesel you know mm-hmm. and ripped in half and then put it back together and let's go find this place which is populated by Siegfried and Roy types with gold
1: love love the way that those guys are wardrobed. I love the hair. I love the vest with no shirts. Like, Uh and I love that she says, keep your ass handy when she like tells them to move from the couch. (laughs) Like she is objectifying these men so much and just living her, just living her best life.
0: Uh. I, I forget exactly what she said, but it was just like, you know, don't talk, get away from us. Keep your ass handy. And then she like yeah. just winks at uh, at <laughs> Meryl Streep. Meryl
1: Streep, yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought that was Good. pretty great. I was also, you know, like I'm sure I would have been as a as a as a young boy that may have been, you know, infatuated with Isabella Rossellini. Um, just oh. what is going on with that whole situation that she's wearing, and how oh. to keep all of that together.
1: Did you happen to read anything about her being in this movie and in that outfit? No. This is another fun one. Okay. So Isabella Rossellini was only 40 when this movie came out. And but she had been retired from modeling, obviously, for a long time because your modeling careers back in the day, back in the 90s, you were done when you were in your 20s. So she she came out in this movie, and like people were shocked that she was in this outfit, they were like, oh my gosh, like she looks so amazing. Like I can't believe she looks that young. And I'm like, she is 40. I am 36. Like I, the way, the way that ages are viewed from like the early nineties to like Uh, now, like when you look at women, like in their forties or even their fifties, like the golden girls, like they were in their fifties and like they had the short like grandma cuts and wasn't Estelle Getty the the youngest one yeah like the coastal grandmother like look you know and so I just thought that was so so funny and I know she's supposed to be playing a character that's in her 70s but um yeah people couldn't uh... believe that she was 40 and I was like I think she looks like a very well taken care of 40 year old woman like she she looks young but like yeah, it, it was just really it's really wild, like um, reading things like that because it was like, oh, do you all understand how satire works? Like, this is exactly what we're fucking talking about. Like, well, that was yeah, that's good. She retired of of in it, her right? late twenties. Like, there yeah. it is. Yeah, so I thought that was fun.
0: Well, she's fun, looking great. Fun fact:
1: she's still she's she's a still looks she's a Very striking woman. Her her features, like her eyebrows. Oh my gosh. I would kill for those eyebrows and I love her in this movie too because I think she's so good at being like subtle and dramatic and the way like the way she uses her words like everything is really great and even like the way she walks up to the little box and she pulls out the blade and then like is standing to the side still and like slips it like into her her little like waist wrap like her physical acting is even so so fun
0: I was a little lost on the origins of this potion because she matter. okay she. good I, I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything because she she says you know like Meryl Streep, Streep guesses you know she's like 38 28 23 you know whatever and you know she says oh I'm 71 and uh
1: I love that she gets mad that she said 38 <laughs> that that's what's so funny too because it's like you are in your 70s so you should be happy that she said 38 and that's that's what you're looking for
0: yeah so she offers the potion ultimately takes it right with whatever that cost was and it, it was you know
1: I'm sure it was super high for her because she knows she's used to be a famous movie star
0: yeah and then because they also insinuated that or, or they even said that uh Goldie Hahn didn't pay much because she really wasn't, she didn't have any he said
1: not much, but it was everything I had.
0: Right. Yeah. But um gosh. And then, you know, you see, like, all right, you know, the things are things are tightening up, perking up, things that wrinkles are going away. This and this oh, and this. Such
1: like such good effects too, to like make her look younger. Like her hair is all of a sudden just dry and like shiny and like. That like it looks yeah. almost like an Instagram filter that they put on her face, and like sh- her cheeks are glowing, and then her like the the like obviously she's not wearing a bra, and then they put her like in like a push-up bra, and like you see her ass like, lift. Right. It's so. It's so. I know good. there's
0: no uh I you know there's no death becomes her Instagram, um filter huh. Oh my god, it's
1: so fun. That'd,
0: That'd be, be fun. so fun. Um, yeah. And then all of that, just to get back home where she yeah. sees Bruce Willis and all he says is, did you change your hair? <laughs> Which I, I think, I don't know, was that just intentional so that like all yeah. the work that, you know, women can go through for their appearance, mm-hmm. just for their, you know, dipshit, like hetero relationship yeah. husband to go like, oh, uh, oh, you're a... Uh, hair it's different you know
1: yeah because there's no attention to detail it's just something beautiful is standing in front of me like that's all he's he's not noticing details in her because he doesn't love her like i don't think he ever does i don't think he ever loves helen yeah he's just drawn to beauty he's a fucking plastic surgeon like he's obsessed with things looking young like i'm like that to me, he just, he goes for whatever is like visually, aesthetically pleasing to him. And he doesn't care that she's a monster. Like even refers Mm. to her as it. Yeah. And in the beginning, he says, is it awake? And the, even the, like the woman who like cares for them, she's like, it is like, she refers to her as it when she's speaking to him, which I think is really funny.
0: When, um, When Meryl Streep took the took the potion, and they're referring to like, hey, you know, here are the rules. Though, you know, you have to kind of fake your own death or disappear from public, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And gave you know the example, or you could just simply say, "I want to be alone." And then Meryl Streep goes, "Oh, even her or whatever." Do you know who they were referencing there?
1: No they're they're not referencing marilyn monroe because they show her later
0: that's who i thought and actually that'll be a question later because I, I i missed her completely but i had to look it up Greta Garbo, um who said mm. in the oscar-winning movie grand hotel um was, she famously said in that movie i want to be alone but also yeah. famously um uh, retired from acting at 36 yeah um so, and just said you that know
1: totally makes and sense. just
0: disappeared from public life so I didn't know and I yeah I didn't know who Greta Garbo was so I had to look that up because I was like is I supposed to you know I think at the time I think a lot of people would have known that reference much better um but yeah I thought that was interesting
1: I, I always wonder why they didn't choose to make Lisel older because a lot of those stars would have already been famous and or dead or retired whatever you want to call it before she would even have probably have taken that potion so clearly mm-hmm. this is something that's been passed on like through generation to generation
0: yeah but I was expecting she, I do not really it. care
1: about the history of the potion like I like she just says it's magic and I'm like fine like we know it's not science doesn't matter and I I think what I love the most about it which we learn really quickly because Meryl Streep gets a full what six hours. Of enjoying this um after she dies, that their bodies can decompose, even though they're living forever, which is weird science. Like that to me doesn't but it works for this movie.
0: Not like the weird science that was conducted in the film and subsequent USA television show Weird Science.
1: I I know you were
0: gonna bring that up when I said weird science. Yeah. I know, just, uh, yeah, what's, uh, magic in a world too dependent on science, you know, said, yeah. said every anti-vaxxer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure they're like, but yeah. When n-. she, no, when she it.
1: falls, when she falls down the stairs and you see her, like, they want to make sure that you are very clear that she is dead when they show her neck.
0: First like, hit goes is that sideways. neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: But I love when Ernest is on the phone with Helen. And you start seeing her leg move and her arm move, like in the background, like that feels like the most horror, like type event in the whole movie, because like, it's, it's creepy. Um, I think that's actually like pretty scary that like shop the music is very like fun also that's another thing the music in this movie is amazing
0: made by a frequent Bob Zemeckis collaborator Alan Silvestri who also did you know a lot of the Robert Zemeckis movies you know like Forrest Gump back to the future this and this and this the music that I thought this was the closest to because it was more kind of like a horror score a little bit sometimes it'll you know has your you know your hard violin kind of you know a uh, uh, psycho kind of kind of vibe Ooh, I but
1: what you're
0: gonna say. um it I think it has a lot of similarities to another Alan Silvestri score done in the 80s Predator Hello.
1: Oh, I, I didn't pre- even think about that I
0: was looking at this and I was like where am I like getting that like you know like whatever, oh, whatever I'm
1: gonna listen to both of them tomorrow
0: and and then realizing that Alan Silvestri, now, I don't know why, but, like, and Alan Silvestri did the scores for both, um, okay. so I think maybe he was just, like, you know, just dipping into some old, some old comfortable waters, you know, and borrowing yeah. a little bit, but I don't know, so I, I love that vibe, and, and also, like, that, it but, of course, a lot more goofiness and campiness, you know, than, than the Predator score, but, um, you know, yeah, I just love the, just, like, the Tales from the Crypt vibes, and that makes, and that makes sense, given, like, you know, the 1992, given yes. the kind of, like, the pedigree behind it, because I think even Robert Zemeckis did. They made, they made did.
1: horror very fun at that time, like, they realized that there was, like, a market for people who think death and the living dead can be amusing, like, yeah. The, the whole premise of her like not realizing that her neck is completely twisted and like is when like the visual effects start to like really come in like and her just yelling out I can see my ass oh by the way the only thing that was edited for television is the language everything else is the same
0: all the violence so she
1: says I can see my butt all the violence is the same the outfit like the that outfit that Liesl is wearing, like all of that is all the same, which okay. I think is so funny. It's just the language Um, because obviously they're doing some very immoral and terrible things in this movie, but they were like, no, don't say ass on TV.
0: <laughs> One thing um I also like to see in movies every now and then is whenever you're plotting to murder somebody, I like when the movie plays through that scenario so when yes. Goldie Hahn and Bruce he's telling
1: the story like actually in the like I love it act of them I that is so good I know
0: I'm glad and we still she got says, to make it
1: look like she had too much to drink and there's like 20 liquor bottles on the yeah. floor of the car
0: I thought that was pretty good I was like oh that's gonna fly out and then also just blow up who's gonna so notice good. but yeah I thought that was great and then um yeah, so they take, uh, <laughs> I did like that, you know, once Bruce Willis realizes Meryl Streep's still alive, don't come near me or follow, or me, follow or me or yeah. talk to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but yeah, no, I thought that was fantastic. So they go to the hospital, right? To see this doctor that, yeah. you He know, runs
1: into an ambulance. I love, He just drives into that ambulance.
0: Oh my gosh and but the doctor's
1: so good like he at like he's like taking your temperature listening to her her not beating heart he sees like the neck and then he's like yeah can you hand me that for a second like to the flask and just takes a swing of oh, the flask
0: yeah okie dokie uh, yeah can you see that for a second and then you go and you see him dead he has this a heart is attack good. and dies <laughs> I know that was pretty funny.
1: Oh my I, gosh. He's like, where Bruce Willis is running around. That's one of my favorite parts. Is when he's running around the hospital and he's like, "Where are all the doctors?" And they're all helping that one doctor. But then when he gets back, I told Joel that he should say this if I die before he does. When they say that I'm at the morgue, <laughs> she says she's <laughs> at the morgue, and he goes, "She's New morgue. She should be furious. I know that is I, like. It's comedy gold. I th- I just think that's the funniest thing, and he's just like running. I'm sure you have this in your notes too, when he's like running down towards the morgue, the weeping floating nuns.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they make
1: no sense. They, I have no idea. I couldn't figure it out. I tried researching. I tried googling. I could only find dream significance of floating nuns. Mm, and, okay. But but nothing in terms of death becomes her. But if you literally just Google floating weeping nuns it's everything is all questions about what the fuck does that mean in this movie like it's all attached to death becomes her
0: that's pretty fun yeah i, I, I had, couldn't
1: find any meaning behind it
0: so they he gets her out of the body bag mm-hmm. brings her back home and then you've got goldie han in a pretty kick-ass spy outfit binocular oh gosh, situation it's so
1: good with oh, the glamour the glamour it. of that spy outfit
0: Wow, yeah, that was my favorite. So
1: <laughs> like her, like long extensions of her legs, and then she almost gets run over by the car. Yeah, like it, like is like inch away from her face. Like all of it's so fun and dramatic.
0: I like how she had, even though she had nothing to do with the murder, had like no qualms. You know, when she comes in, she's talking to Bruce Willis, Meryl Streep's upstairs. It's like, why are you covered in paint? What would you be doing? they were required to be covered in painting it's like ah painting you know um which he m- mentions earlier you know what that lady gets really disgusted with him at the bar yes. when he says like you know she's like what's your secret you made my aunt look so great Let's And he's spray like, paint. spray paint which i'm like i don't know why she would be that like put it back by they that. literally
1: pump the bodies up with formaldehyde you might as well go for it like right yeah i would be like Wow, that's really <laughs> smart
0: and then just this, you know, again, just the campiness, and it's just like this, like back and forth about like, you know, she's upstairs, she's resting. Yeah, Ern, <laughs> she's not resting; she's dead. And then like, dead. but he doesn't like, but he doesn't just like clarify like, no, she she's fell alive. down the stairs, broke yes. her neck. She's standing up right now with I don't know how she's still alive. Like, yeah. like and you can't just say that. And, and she's, Goldie like,
1: Hawn's just doing the whole confession.
0: She's. Dead, just like we plotted together. <laughs> just yelling at. And you down just the see halls. the
1: nails. I love seeing her, yeah. Madeline's hand just claw that wood. Wow.
0: And then so my good. favorite, fucking chef's kiss, Mad. Hell, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> when she's standing on the stairs, yeah. I was like, "That I, you could not have done that any more perfectly." Um, with the delivery there, and. <laughs> and just how easily Meryl Streeps just continuing just like just talking as she's walking down goes over to their you know their collection of like 12, 12 shotguns yeah sure okay for some reason. She, she
1: mentions that he's a Republican at some point so I feel like that all like fits together
0: oh yeah I guess you're right huh
1: yeah. But the other, okay, this is my (laughs) other thing that I love about this part of the movie. Okay, there's two things. So one, when Meryl Streep comes down the stairs, the amount of makeup that they put on her because she's supposed to be like spray painted and like early in the movie, she's not wearing any eyeliner. Like she's not wearing makeup on her bottom lid. Like she is like beat. Like that face is like, is just, it is covered in makeup. And so- I like that because it shows like this clear distinction between like her being alive, being dead, and then having to paint, literally like paint her face. Um, but her physical acting when she's carrying this shotgun, like when she's walks towards her, like from behind, like, and has it, and then says, you brought this on yourself. What is the other thing that she, what does she say after she shoots her? she's just like what a life or something like that like she's like super like giddy about shooting her and then as soon as Ernest starts to be like negative about it and it's like how could you do that the way that she walks with that shotgun she like kicks like something like a can or something or, or the shovel or something on the floor like she just looks so fucking scary and mean and just badass I love it so much like she made me want to be just like this cold hard bitch of a woman <laughs> my whole life
0: <laughs> she um <laughs> yeah I forget exactly these are the she things
1: says. that make life worth living that's what yeah. she says after she yes
0: these are the moments that make life worth living
1: uh-huh. but yeah
0: I thought that was beautiful um also one thing going back with the situation you know when she it goes to Liesel's house to begin with. And then when they come back or no, it's when Meryl Streep initially gets pushed down the stairs. Um, I did like the timing of thunderstorms and I did think Mm -hmm. it just started, it just started to get me thinking, you know, we're both from, we both lived quite a long time in Southern California. You're still in Southern California. Um, There's a
1: thunderstorms.
0: Yeah. So I'm just like, it rains so rarely that I just assume every thunderstorm in Southern California is supernatural. Like some, someone yes. pissed someone with some agreement somewhere pissed off somebody. So yes. Oh, you know, just whenever I that's see a, rain and thunder come in.
1: That's a really good point, actually.
0: And I think that's yeah. probably a good theory that I'm pretty sure yeah. doesn't need to be tested. Um, but yeah, this yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's when, you know, Meryl Streep's just like, that's what she says. Well, you know, what happens to soft, overweight Republicans in jail, right? You know, in prison. Yeah. And because yeah. they're to thinking like, well, now we got to cover up this, get rid of this dead body, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And then with the meanest looking fucking contacts. Oh my too, gosh. I love well, it. They
1: put them on Meryl Streep too, but they're a lot more subtle. Her eyes go like more crystal blue after mm. she's like all made up like her contacts are super crystal blue and but goldie hans are like neon
0: is it like i don't know Is that how happens when you get waterlogged i don't know
1: Well, her eyes are blue <laughs> her eyes are right? blue and then they change to that like demon looking like line green yeah. which is really good like it, it makes her look mean and then her getting up with that hole in her stomach is pretty pretty exciting yeah yeah
0: and then let me see i just watched this movie so let me see where i get tripped up so they have their shovel fight which is pretty fun and bruce willis is like the
1: shadows the the shadow work is so good oh it's so so good
0: yeah there's a couple moments where the shadows the shadow work looks really fun um bruce willis goes upstairs he's like
1: he's like i'm gonna have a drink i'm
0: gonna have a drink I'm done, you know, and and just and remove himself, even though even outside of finding out about any of this stuff, he is the one that murdered Meryl Streep, by the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if you can just be like, ah, I'm done. I'm removed from this whole situation and going upstairs yes. and then deciding I'm leaving, you know. Yeah. But then they decide now we need him.
1: Yes, they decide that I, I like their whole their whole fight. Like physical fight and how silly it is that Helen would sit on the couch where the that broken shovel like was thrown the spear that Madeline throws. But yeah, like they they end up working out decades of aggression towards each other in what appears to be about 20 minutes. And like, And and that's where
0: you find the whole like oh, you know, you thought, just say it. You thought I was cheap. You didn't want Mm -hmm. trash in the house. I heard what you and all your people were saying behind my back and this and this and this. And I'm like, gosh, like they were, they were always so unkind to each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're just terrible to each other. And it's weird (laughs) because that happens in real life where people like envy each other or they don't like each other and they just stay friends because they've just known each other for so long. Like, you know, it's, it's really weird. I feel like that's a, a strange behavior that people sometimes do, but I like that they end up making up by realizing that they both need Ernest now. And that's another time when the shadow work is really amazing. Cause you see their shadows are ginormous, like on yeah. the wall and his, cause he's close up is like all short next to theirs. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, cause he's like this small little man. And they're these like, scary undead women that are when they say please,
0: yeah, so creepy. Oh, I know. It's terrifying. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, shit, we're gonna need him forever. Let's get him to yeah. take Liesel's thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and then <laughs> that whole that whole kind of monologue by Bruce Willis is he's just shaking this comically large whiskey glass around, you know. Just Breakfast. and and you know what? And today's the day I stopped drinking, and he takes it and they're just like, you know, fuck it.
1: Yeah, just <laughs> and just, just, hit him and and just
0: knock him out. And that's see, Bruce Willis, yeah, he did that. They all do that like very physical comedy broad oh my gosh. kind when of work they're reacting, well.
1: when they're reacting to the drink like spilling over, they're like they play yeah. off of each other so well, like all three of them.
0: But and then we get and Bruce Willis waking up pretty quickly on that in a tux, in the, pool in a tux. <laughs> the boys changed you you would not dress the boys appropriately. changed him yeah oh yeah because he said that kiss the chef uh <laughs> kiss the chef thing on or he was you know before no he was uh, dressed
1: in his in his like normal he was ready to leave he had a suitcase he had his like oh, jacket like his yeah like very some... like east coast professor looking attire
0: mm-hmm. so th- and then and then that's when Liesel's you know telling him about this and this and that you're talking about the potion blah 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 he takes a little bit of the potion his hand Mm -hmm. works you know but then he ultimately decides like ah no i'm not gonna do this throws his dagger everything
1: everything that he says too. like what if i get bored
0: (laughs) yeah
1: all the people around me are gonna die it's like that sounds terrible i just love that he goes to that thought process of that being like the most awful thing because he's not like the way that Goldie Hahn and Meryl Streep were viewing it it was super short term and selfish like they were just like I just want to look young forever they, d- they didn't think about the consequences they didn't ask about the side effects like nothing like he was like oh my gosh like that sounds terrible like I wouldn't want to do that so I like that like the he thought about it long term it's kind of fun
0: and then we get to, we get to this party where the person who initially gives the business card to Meryl Streep is, you know, conducting the orchestra up on the, uh, or you know, conducting the band up top, and he, because they're they're holding this this, I guess this party so annual people,
1: annual springtime party.
0: So all the people who are in hiding at least can do something social. That's my understanding, yes. right? Yes. And then you, how many? I guess I watched this twice, and I was like, "And maybe I misunderstood. Just didn't see anybody because I wrote down Elvis at party. Would have liked to see more celebrities here."
1: Okay, um, who did Marilyn I miss? Monroe was there. Okay, um, James Dean is who he steals the car from after he falls off the roof.
0: Missed that.
1: Yeah, because he, he turns <laughs> around, he has a cigarette in his mouth. It's definitely James Dean. Oh gosh, and then. Those are the only ones that are like super obvious cuz they dress them very costumey. Like they're still their iconic like photos. Right. Um but those are the only ones that I noticed. I should I should go back and watch that party scene and see if I can spot anybody else. So then Ernest escapes and he enters yeah, he enters the party and now Helen and Madeline are chasing him cuz they know he has the potion in his pocket. Right. Yeah. Which it's, this, him, him running like, and the dogs and he's like on the roof, like all of that is so great. And again, like, why is it so windy and like, why is the weather so ter- It's spring in LA.
0: It's yeah. Spring in Beverly Hills. And yeah. Right. And uh, I know sweet, sweet dogs, you know, yeah that that know how to use an elevator.
1: <laughs> they, who knows? Maybe they took the potion
0: that's also true the smartest of dogs oh my gosh see I don't know if I would want to take the potion but I would probably give it to my dogs
1: yeah I was gonna ask you (laughs) that was gonna be my one of my questions to you was would would you take the potion
0: oh let me think on that
1: you think about it
0: and we're gonna because we're almost I feel like we're getting close to the end here I uh you know they're chasing them I love the, you know, just very silly gets caught on that, you know, the suspenders, the suspender, yeah, the, like, on the banister, whatever that thing is. She's trying
1: to get him to grab the scarf.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then even he goes, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no. no. And, um, it's the way that's that a,
1: they, they yell at him to take the potion. Like, first of all, I would not want to take it before falling off of, that house because who knows what condition you'll be in and still alive but also when they're like telling him to like drink it like they're trying to be like sweet and convincing and then they get like like mean sounding and they're like do it like drink it and that's when he decides not to because like and they're like we need you and he's like absolutely not like that's he's like i would rather fall to my death that's yeah an extreme choice to have to make
0: it was kind of the same thing when you know right before he pushes meryl streep down the stairs you know he's like help me you know or like you know help help and then she goes like you know help hurry me up you, you wimp hurry up you wimp and then he yeah <laughs> so same thing right decides yeah ah, you know fuck it and then also how far was that drop really oh
1: my gosh he okay That drop looked so far, and he goes through glass into a swimming pool, and then just swims right out. Like that's the most unrealistic thing in this movie for me. Yeah, like he has one one cut on his arm, and then
0: the and then like one of the Siegfried and Roy guys is just like, "Are you are you done yet?
1: Almost done. (laughs) Y'all almost
0: done with whatever it is you are fucking doing? Like you
1: all don't have walkie talkies? Like you should be looking for this guy,
0: right? Um,
1: He just wanted to (laughs) fuck in that
0: pool." (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And so he manages to get away.
1: He escapes.
0: He escapes. And then that's
1: his like escape escape.
0: Yeah. Because they then, go to
1: look for him and they cannot find
0: him. And then that's when we cut to 37 years later, right?
1: Hmm. This is one of my favorite parts.
0: So, which was not going to be originally the ending of this movie right mm. so we go to 37 years later and we're at his funeral you know mm. um who's pretty well attended it looks like you have some like foreign dignitaries and such in the audience you know yeah you gotta...
1: yeah like it, it it looked like his like he had made some he'd made some good choices cuz the life starts at 50 situation i don't know if you noticed i didn't, I didn't notice any of the times I've—I I've, don't think I've actually listened to what he accomplished, other than having grandchildren. But he had—they said that he like opened a woman's health clinic and like a woman's mental health clinic or something. Like, so he was like tying it back to like all these things that had happened to him before fifty. And then he—what was the other thing that they had said?
0: Um, he had um so he talked about the
1: living dead the living in Beverly Hills
0: I um yeah he had a he had like a marriage counseling operation
1: marriage counseling was the other one
0: and then the Menville Center for the Study of Women which I'm like like okay would we would we is he an expert on that like yeah
1: so maybe (laughs) maybe he just funded it
0: maybe I just I thought that was pretty funny. Menful Center for the Study of women and then also um, his his like AA chapter, you know they mentioned that yeah. as well. um yeah. I did love the jolly old man pictures of Bruce Willis. I thought that I was like, oh he would he would look like a charming, handsome old man,
1: which is funny because his age now would actually be similar to his his age
0: yeah I mean right We're 32 he he years
1: died let's see Bruce Willis how old is he why can't they just put his age he was born in 1955
0: so plus he's 68 68 yeah
1: so I mean he's he's getting up there and he does he does not look that like like a warm and fuzzy grandpa approach like he still kind of looks badass like bald-headed just kicking ass still
0: right but uh, i love their
1: reading the program of the of the funeral you know the little card that they give you about the person's life and they're laughing at, at uh-huh. what it says whatever it says they're just but, still such terrible people in fact they've just gotten worse
0: yeah no. <laughs> it's um or yeah that's like and then they kept saying like you know feel you know you know we will be young forever in his in the hearts of his children and grandchildren and we'll live forever and this and this and they laugh and it's go blah 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 blah, blah 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 you know and um <laughs> and then and then take off and then mm-hmm. you see there's still... that
1: missing spray paint can
0: yeah that missing spray paint can which i mean what color was it did they only have like yeah, so have multiple color. Color yeah, it must have been a flesh tone.
1: To, yeah, because she said, she said, you've the acrylic number nine. And Which she's like, I, no, she's like, I put it in your bag. And she's looking through it, but she dropped it outside on the stairs.
0: I am not, um, I'm not a makeup artist. So, um, you know, so please, no, it's, it's grain spray of salt. Paint.
1: They're literally just carrying around spray paint at this point. Like, well, their faces are totally torn up.
0: But what They're I was going to say was that, like, why... Why spray paint? Spray paint's just acrylic paint, isn't it? Like, why wouldn't you use like acrylic paint with like a sponge kind of applicator situation? Then that's
1: what I would think is that, and I would assume like spray paint's I mean, on a little the unwieldy. Body, on the body, I, like you could, you could like airbrush it, but on the face, you would need, I would think you would need to like sponge it on. But at that point, it's just hopeless. Like they're just doing whatever they can to keep themselves together. Like, if you look at how like Goldie Hawn is walking. Yeah. Their legs are completely like stiff. And then, of course, when they fall down the stairs, you see their insides are completely like charcoaled because they were formaldehyde it up. Like they're just completely rotten on the inside, which is how they actually look.
0: Oh, or how, they, how they act. Love it. Rotten
1: On the inside and the see, outside now.
0: See, and the and the critics, the asshole say no depth. And look at those lessons. I think it learned. has so
1: much depth. Maybe it's just layers. seen it too many times. Maybe we have just seen it too many times that I'm giving the movie makers too much credit. But I love this movie. And um yeah. He, I, and I think that ending is perfect. I think it's dumb and hilarious and like what the hell is going to happen to them next? Like people are going to study them for
0: science. Did you um Did you see what the original ending was supposed to be?
1: I read what it was supposed to be, but I've never seen any um, deleted scenes from this movie.
0: No, I never, no, me neither. So I'm going to have to I've only
1: ever owned it on VHS. I've never owned it on DVD or Mm Blu-ray or any of that.
0: There was this, uh, the best I could find on YouTube was uh, this short interview clip with Goldie Hawn talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, being kind of pretty salty about the original ending. You know, saying that like, you know, the original that one she was liked more, it or didn't she did not like the new ending. She liked the original mm. one better, but after test screenings, they didn't think it wasn't like a funny enough, punchy kind of yeah. ending. So they went with the more kind of kind of goofier one, which I mean yeah. I still I mean, I, I think keeps in tone with the whole movie, you know, so I don't I don't mind that at all. But um and I just
1: like them having I like them having a terrible who knows what the fuck's going to happen to them type of ending because that's what they built for themselves. Right. In my mind, that's what they deserve.
0: It's like, you know, Goldie Hawn was saying like how it's like the original, you know, the original ending was more poignant and it was just more just like Mm -hmm. them just kind of musing on like, you know, it was the idea of like, they're just bored and they don't know what to do anymore and they, you know, whatever, whatever, which I mean, I think is fine. And I think is, you know, but I also.
1: I just moved to different places in the world and just do start a new life live a couple like 20 years with like some random person fall in love and then leave them broken hearted and go to the next country
0: yeah i mean what's stopping you from just doing that anyway
1: yeah so no, you know what shit i gotta go
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um and then that's our movie that and that's the movie death becomes her um
1: well I'd hope that if anyone listened to this, that they've seen this movie, so they've already formed their opinion. But I can't talk this movie up enough. Whenever someone tells me they haven't seen it, I'm like, you absolutely need to watch it. And this is a perfect movie for me. This is a five boo movie for me.
0: Yeah, five boo movie. It I is. Like it's a
1: perfect movie. It's in my top favorite movies of all time.
0: I love that. We'll add it. We'll add yeah. it to the add it to the records. It's um, a, it's, make it. It's known. a perfect
1: record for me. I can't wait to hear what you thought.
0: Ah. Okay, well, it's not going to be five booze.
1: I know it won't be five booze because you don't have the nostalgia.
0: It's going to be six booze. I'm just kidding. It's not.
1: <laughs> um, you can't do that.
0: No, I can't do that. That's I can't. I can't make up new rules. I get kicked there off the podcast. Boos. Um, I would give this movie. I don't know. I could find myself just giving everything four booze. Um, I'm gonna say, oh, it's a great movie. I really liked it. I thought that um, being my first Meryl Streep movie, I was like, "Oh wow, she can act. She's good."
1: It's yeah. Who
0: who? How come no one's told me? She's
1: funny and she can be dramatic. Go figure. There's a reason why there's so much hype around her.
0: I also um, really liked Goldie Hawn. I've seen Goldie Hawn in a couple things, you know, generally like comedies and stuff. But yeah, she's fantastic. I love
1: all all three of these leads. Like, yeah i think
0: they're all great yeah even bruce willis is, is just always awesome and isabella rosalini just always just being awesome too i um i would give this movie uh, i'm gonna see three and a half booze it's pretty good it's okay, it's okay. it's good I, I i like this movie a lot i wonder if this would have changed if i grew up with this movie like you did I guarantee it would
1: have I feel like everyone that I know that's been that like grew up watching it like Joel even like he was like oh I watched it all the time as a kid I loved it he's like I don't know why I didn't watch like horror themed things and I was like it's because it was on TV all the time um,
0: it's like how like Clue is a five boo movie for me Mm, but it's so good that's been my favorite movie since I was like six or seven and
1: we could talk about Clue sometime
0: I could see people watching clue being like this is not like a fucking this is not a perfect movie you know even though it is a perfect
1: movie. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of people who who kind of shit on clue and I again I think shit on them understand right yeah exactly. Yeah. But I think if you understand camp like you understand both of these movies like yeah. clue is very campy, and very over the top. Like Every, everything about it is um, yeah I feel like there if there were classes or there's some way that you could teach people how to understand that type of humor like it would unlock so many different so many different things would you recommend this movie to other people
0: 100% recommended to and anybody that would have similar interests is me because again I just really love I have I do have a lot of nostalgia for early 90s Tales from the Crypt adjacent, you know, kind of horror comedies. Yes. I think of like this. I think of like the Tales from the Crypt series. I think of mm-hmm. I know it's a few years later, but The Frighteners, you know, with mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox, that's, you know, horror, but it's a comedy, you know. I think first. That's and a fun foremost. One too. I haven't and watched
1: that movie in ages.
0: I would love to nominate that one down the road. I I love that mm-hmm. movie. Um yeah, gosh, you know, the performances were great. I thought the special effects still look really fun, even, like, you can, yeah, they you can tell. For it's, 1992. Right? And, yeah. yeah, dang, you know? So, I just, uh, I think there's some messiness to what the message is of this movie, and I think I get a little bit lost in that. Not that it necessarily matters, because I think is or what the movie lacks in maybe well, think some about, consistency could this movie
1: be made could this movie be made in 2023
0: Hell yeah and that was going to be one of my questions you know not to you know i think the movie is perfectly cast as it is especially for 1992
1: but oh you read that blurb about a remake
0: no i didn't read that at all why are they talking about that
1: I don't know if it, it had no date on it at all. So I don't know if somebody just threw that onto IMDb. Like, I don't know how much I trust it, but they had talked about casting Kate Hudson as Helen, which I think is just kind of silly because she's Goldie Hawn's daughter. A little on the
0: nose. Yeah.
1: It's Yeah, it's a little on the nose. And then Anne Hathaway as Madeline Ashton. And I was like, absolutely not. No, thank you. Hard pass. I am the world's biggest Anne Hathaway hater. Um. I, nothing I think she's a great actress I just every role she's in I'm like she's not the right person for this role
0: I googled I just you know did a very extensive google search um, actresses in their 40s and 50s um, and just scrolled down to see what a good pairing would be and Ooh, I think and I you think come up
1: with some pairings
0: I've got a few that I think would be pretty fun
1: oh lay them on me So let's I hope they don't remake it just for the record. I don't want a remake of this movie. And I'm a big fan.
0: And I don't want to start. Okay. So there's a few people I think that would be pretty fun in this. So let me take a look. Now, if you wanted to go full camp.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and just keep like that kind of over kind of comedy thing. I know this is kind of boring because it's another two white women. Um, but uh, Parker Posey and mm. Jennifer Tilly. Mm. Jennifer Tilly is Madeline. um okay. Parker Posey is Helen. Way
1: around. Okay. Because
0: I I want to see Jennifer Tilly in the big like you know movie star type. She just has that kind of energy, and then also has so much and just also She's has in her meanness. 60s
1: So you know.
0: Ah, damn! She just always looks fucking incredible. But she,
1: but she could play. She could play younger easily
0: um i think a really on the nose one would be like ah i just any any combination you could pair anybody with courtney cox um Mm. and i would love to see that movie um that would be fun because i still think courtney cox is well i mean she's you know she's 59 years old as of this recording yeah you're going
1: you're going a little high in age for these women to be supposed to be looking like in their 30s
0: but but now you can do
1: the I, I worry that if you pick someone of that age, then they would do the what do you call it the de aging, yeah. Spielberg effect. We'll call it.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking, Kelly um, Berry and Jennifer Lopez. Ooh. I think I that'd thought of Jennifer one. Lopez
1: because she's, um, yeah, she's fifty. She looks younger, and Halle she can switch.
0: And she's got. She's got the the arms to swing a shovel oh, yeah
1: oh so, yeah she does so does Halle Berry
0: <laughs> that's what I was thinking I was like I I yeah. could see them in a shovel fight that'd be pretty fun Ooh, and you yeah. could have Mix it
1: up do two women of color instead
0: and you could have I god I think you could switch them out either either one could play the other
1: who's Ernest
0: Ernest day I, two- I, I, I it's funny because I never thought Ernest would be in any of these
1: I know that's a uh, that's a really tough one. Who would play Ernest? Okay, now I now I pose the question to you again: If you sure. would take the potion,
0: um, it seems problem?
1: like it doesn't de age that much. Like it feels like it takes you back to your thirties. We'd have to pretend we're we're like twenty years older.
0: Yeah. So I would have to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sure. Why and not?
1: Apparently, you can't feel pain because
0: there you go that's i um yeah i don't know like that's fine i don't i don't care if everybody around me dies that's okay
1: see i i have always said yes i will take the potion if i factor in phil like being a parent i would not want to take the potion because that would be brutal to see him age and die and me just be like all right well (laughs) nice racing you
0: that's on you for having a child. That's a, that's, your, that's
1: well, no. That's what that's your weakness. I like. See, I ruined it. I ruined. I ruined everything. I would have taken that potion in a heartbeat. Vinny and I have actually made a vow at some point that if the potion was ever a real thing, that we would we would both take it, and yeah. we would spray paint each other's asses if needed.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, side um, effects and all. I'm trying to think about any other leftover questions. I don't know. I think. uh looking through my notes is there anything I forgot yeah I think this is you know I'd say a strong a strong three and a half this was a great movie I enjoyed it I'm I'm gonna watch it again you enjoyed it I do own it now and I've watched it you know two and a half times now
1: you it gets better and better every time you watch it I feel like you notice something new and different also, when you've seen it a million times, I also enjoy all the sets. Like, everything is so beautiful and extravagant and, like, marble walls and just, like, so 90s. Like, it's so, so good. Is there, Politica.
0: I know that you were talking about a remake of this, a potential remake, but have they ever, like, thought it, like, has there been ever been, like, a Broadway situation for this?
1: Yeah. There okay.
0: Because I feel like I was, like, this and, would play very well on a stage it
1: was it was like six or seven years ago not that long ago i don't think it lasted very long
0: hmm. but
1: dang that's a shame i, I wish i would have saw it
0: i'll have to start thinking of other people that would be that would be good in a that would be good in a remake of that or just have a sequel with meryl streep and goldie hawn
1: oh my gosh like someone put them back together right
0: and they the thing is totally like
1: totally make it work because they're older so their faces are just like it's all
0: makeup, they said so they look all like yes. rotting and stuff. Anyway, right? Oh I would love gosh. to see that.
1: How fun!
0: So there yeah, we go. Pretty fun. Well, will it? Gosh, anything else we want to say on Death Becomes Her?
1: No, I think it's a a perfect movie from beginning to end. No complaints. Love the acting. Love everything about it. I think the, I think the message of the movie is easy to interpret in the wrong way Mm -hmm. and I, I like I view it as like very heavy satire and I attribute it to some of my vanity because I thought these two women were so glamorous but I also watching it now as an adult you see how flawed it is that that's all they care about like that's what they value so so greatly like I just think it's I think it's a it's a good movie to watch young and then to watch revisit again as an adult because you you view it in a much different light yeah. than you did the first couple times around. So It's pretty
0: and it's pretty wild how much like hasn't changed in the 30 movie 30 years since this came out as far as like, you know, I think just kind of cultural attitudes towards uh yeah. women how they age, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, because now it's not you can't act anymore if you're in your 50s. Now it's like how young can you look? in your fifties, like how much can you throw people off? And like mm-hmm. of the age game, like it's this, it's, it's a different version of toxic. Like yeah. we took it from like your career is done to no, no, you can keep your career. If you decide to, you know, get facelifts and Botox and filter your face on Instagram. So people don't actually know what the texture of your skin looks like, like it's, it's quite wild. um, But yeah. It, it's a it's a good movie i'm glad that you watched it and i'm glad we got to talk about it now we have to find one that you love that i've never seen
0: i know yeah well we we'll will start thinking on that one but yeah. gosh well always love talking with you that's a wrap on death becomes her and uh and thanks y'all for joining us and listening to us and uh we'll see you next time three two one ghost bye And that was our episode on Death Becomes Her. If you enjoyed listening to our educated, data and research-driven analysis, be sure to stay in the loop regarding all things 321Ghost by following us at 321GhostPod on Instagram, as well as at 321GhostPod on Twitter. If you'd prefer to reach out via email to share your thoughts, critiques, or extend an invitation to hang out and watch Devil Wears Prada, you can do that by emailing 321GhostPod at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on a streaming platform or any other platform that allows you to leave a review, we'd certainly appreciate it if you did. Like I said, we are a data-driven outlet here, and reliable, community-based participatory research starts with you. Unless you give us less than five stars, of course. All music written and performed by yours truly. And, uh, gosh, that's all I got. Thanks for listening, and see you next time on 3, 2, 1, Ghost.